Hello, beautiful people. If you're in the DC area, my 10-minute play, The Ferberizing of Coral, has been selected for the DC Source Festival's 10th anniversary Best of 10-Minute Plays series. The Source Festival begins June 9th. For tickets and performance information, visit sourcefestival.org. Also, if you're in the Charleston, South Carolina area, my full-length Capital Fringe hit, Giant Box of Porn, has been selected by What If Productions as a finalist for their 2017 Playwrights Festival. It and the other two finalists will have a partial reading on June 24th for a chance at a full production in 2018. For more information, visit whatifproductions.org. One last thing. If you're in the New York area, this Friday, June 9th at 54 Below, friend of the podcast Robbie Roselle is debuting his solo show, Songs from Inside My Locker. Wandering his high school hallways, Robbie would often find himself shoved in a locker for singing songs from the rink too loudly. With his signature wit and style, Robbie grabs the tiger by the tail in a hilarious romp of songs that got him through a blistering high school experience. A treasure trove of songs ranging from Kandra and Ebb to Carrie. Featuring special guests and a fantastic band, Songs from Inside My Locker is the bomb to the chaos of these crazy times. The show is almost sold out, but you can try to get tickets at 54below.com. Break all the legs, Robbie. All right, here's the show. No, it's so here's a really funny, here's a really, really funny thing that I'm just going to say real fast. We actually haven't been recording any of this. I just realized. I have to, we have to start over again. It was all gold. Don't start over. I have to because I forgot to push the record button. Push it again. It's been pushed. Are you ready now? Ready. Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to the Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn, and today we're talking about the Tony Awards, which are coming up this Sunday. And we're joined by, in the room here, we have, from our Anyone Can Whistle episode, Executive Director of the LGBT Equality Caucus in the House of Representatives, it's Roddy Flynn. Hi. From our Gypsy episode, recent Helen Hayes Award winner, Carrie Ginsburg. Hi, everybody. And from our Shameless Pandering Intermission, there over in the corner, it's Bobby Flynn. There he is. <laughs> and we're talking about the Tony Awards, the very exciting, uh, which are coming up this Sunday. So what do you guys think of this this crop of nominations here? There's a lot of shows that were eligible. And uh... I think it's a great, I'm thrilled with the, uh, the mixture of shows. I mean, it's really only four shows repeated over and over again, but okay. very high quality. And no, in my opinion, others may disagree, there's no clear, uh, one clear front runner. You know, there's Ooh. different categories, I think, that... Uh, there are one, two shows in each category, I think, that have kind of a, a lead. But um, I think it's a very strong year for the Tonys. Great mm-hmm. year on Broadway. I was surprised that s- there were some titles missing from the Best Musical nominees, like Anastasia, War Paint, um, Amelie, Sunny in the Park with George, which mm. took itself, which out, took of itself out of contention. Yeah, for the revival nomination. Early on, they announced that they were going to do that. And Weird. really don't know why, That's but odd. they did. And apparently it's a wonderful production. Though the poster is terrible. You know the poster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what the poster is for? No. So it was a lot of brush strokes. Okay. With Sunny the Park with Ooh. George. Oh, because exactly. he's a painter? Exactly. Well, <laughs> right. But and he's a pointillist. But he's a pointillist. Like, right. it's all about dots, so yeah, the strokes, strokes don't make don't, any yeah. sense. Yeah, exactly right. So That's right. Sunny in the Park with George. One of your favorite shows. Um, mainly, we're going to talk probably about the big four musicals nominated this year, as I said. Bobby, do you want to come over and tell everybody what the big four musicals are? No. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. So the big four musicals are... Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. You do that. Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> and Come From Away. Those are the big four. And then the, the three musicals up for best revival of a musical are Falsettos, uh, the Bette Midler production of Hello, Dolly, 
and the new production of Miss Saigon, which mm-hmm. looks a lot like the old production I of Miss Saigon, <laughs> frankly. I can't see it. I do, I we, a, we just have false I have a here. big squishy place in my heart for Miss Saigon. For Miss Saigon. Oh. I do. Miss Saigon provides some of the very little uh, diversity this year. Tony's so white this Tony's are so Especially white coming off year. last year where people of color won every right, acting award. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen this no, year. It is pretty much these four nominated for Best Musical, Best book and best score and then the best director nominations add uh jerry zacks for the um hello dolly revival so let's talk about these four shows because we've all listened to them yes mm-hmm. right and we've all and some seen some of them some of us Which have some, sure. i think we're gonna do groundhog day first Kill me now. I was right. You were right. It opened most recently. Mm-hmm. It coming off its Olivier win for best new musical at in London. The and West Andy Carl won exact same production. Yeah, transplanted. There's only two acts and one disc. There's two acts on one disc. You're absolutely right in this uh, Broadway movie. with excellent packaging. Can I just take a second here to say that I really like this packaging? You... Do you like this packaging? A design on the CD. Mm. Big fan yes. of that. Really like this packaging yes. a lot. Whoever designed this CD put, is a is a genius. Put your favorite song on that. Well, that's so. That's the question. So, what do you guys think of Groundhog? Now, I'm assuming neither of you've seen it. It just no. opened. So, no. Okay, and I haven't seen it either. So, well, with that in mind, what, right. did, what did you think the of the show? Uh, the musical. Or the, the musical. Show? Yeah, not the movie. Well, the movie came out about 25 years ago. Right. Somebody yeah. said there has to be a musical. A musical of Groundhog Day the movie. <laughs> the movie. There has to be a musical Bill of every Murray, movie ever made that anyone still Andy McDowell and Chris Elliott. <laughs> and Stephen nothing Tobolowsky. would do that movie more yeah, so justice what do you think of the, than an American musical. Of this I'm, Tim Minchin, Danny Rubin. I think maybe yeah. it's just not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and Roddy? You know, I give it one and a half thumbs up. Um, I thought you were going to say one and a half stars. No, no, no. I like, I genuinely enjoyed it. (laughs) One and a half thumbs up. Okay. I I I genuinely enjoyed it. Kind of feels like you're going to damn it with faint praise. No, no, no. It felt, um, I think I would like it more if it wasn't based on a movie, if it was just an original concept coming forward that. Sure. um, I thought it transformed the movie well. I thought the Phil as a character was a lot better, more well-rounded, more nuanced, more understandably charming Mm. in his job. Oh, okay. In the musical, then, that's interesting. As wonderful as Bill mm-hmm. Murray is, you didn't quite get why he like rose to the level he did in his profession. Yeah, he was a little hmm. more acerbic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and okay. this had a more charming kind of cynicism. Um, having said that, I only remember one song from it. Uh, now that yeah. it's over, and um, not having listened to it and watched the the videos. Bye, Bobby. Bye, Bobby. Okay. So, Gary, you said maybe it wasn't for you. What do you mean by that? I just I I thought that Tim Minchin's lyrics were really witty there were things that i definitely laughed out loud to but there aren't songs that i left humming mm-hmm. um and i i want when i am introduced to a musical i want to walk away saying either gosh i really need to see that because the concept really catches me or oh that woman sang that song and i need it from my rep book mm-hmm. so sort of you know pilfering material for the future and I didn't really have that with Groundhog Day. I just, 
I liked the film a lot. Yeah. But I just don't know why this musical now. Well, and that's the thing I came up I don't know why this is a musical. That was the big thing I kept wondering. Because if you're going to take a movie and make it a musical, there should be a reason. And they certainly do seem to change a lot of stuff. Like yeah. you said, they change the character around. They change the structure of the day a little bit. And I saw their performance on the Today Show. Mm-hmm. And they really seemed to camp it up and humor yes. it up in a big way, which I appreciate. Um, but there's something so cinematic about someone living the same day over again, where mm-hmm. things can be exactly the same in a movie in the way they can't be on stage. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't feel that hopelessness in the repetition at any point. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it's in the book. It's just not in the score. Though what it is a dialogue-heavy show more than the other. Is it really? Is that yeah. The, okay. I mean, the show itself is two and a half hours long, and it's... Is it really? Yeah. I'm sorry, you and have actually seen this? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, just, no. You just okay. know. Um, just, in my travels, <laughs> okay. um, Your research was more thorough than mine. Yeah. Understood. Well, and but the, um, you know, the, the, the album's maybe only an hour, yes. right? So there's a lot of uh, other stuff happening. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think huh. maybe that fills in some of well, the, would, the points. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean... My gosh. It's, you know, I think it's a good re-envisioning of the same story. And I think in a, in a, in a transform... What I look for when I have a... This... Not that new trend, but trend of musicals based on movies. What I want to look for is there's some sort of transforming a- aspect. Like, I think Legally Blonde does that mm. really well. And I think that this kind of accomplishes it in the same way. Of like, It takes the same thing, but changes the structure, makes it more surreal in a way... Um, then and, and especially from a movie that's not very musical to begin with, there's a little kind of umpa stuff when they're. Well, it, it's also kind of tricky to me when, like, whenever you transform a movie into a musical, you generally have to take you have to take certain things about that movie that make it what it is and put it on stage for people to have it be recognizable. And unfortunately, one of the most recognizable parts of this movie is the Sonny and Cher song. Right. I've got you, babe, playing on repetition mm-hmm. every time he wakes up, which obviously they're not going to do. No. Right. And it just sort of takes me out of it when the alarm clock goes off and not the song kicks. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just feels right. it feels really weird. I mean, I like songs like Night Will Come, kind of the, uh, which is the Ned Ryerson song, Late Neck 2. Oh, yeah. All the steam, all the bricks, all the math and magic tricks, all the carrots... All the sticks will not dissuade her On and on and on you stumble on Towards the fading sun Turn a blind eye fight or run Rest assured the night will come Kind of comes out of nowhere. I really liked that that song and I liked If I, I Had to Do It Again. Yes, that was I called? If I Had My Time Again. That's the one I remember that I put into my playlist for. Yeah. I also wonder, I suspect that he's a much more dynamic performer live 
than he is on the recording. And Carl? Yes. He is, yeah. Yes. I've seen it. Well, you saw him in Rocky. Yes, and right? in 20th Century. Um, on the 20th Century? On the 20th and century. I saw him in Alter Boys off-Broadway. Um, He's He is an electrifying Yes, and I really want person. him to win a Tony at some point in his career. He will. I'm sure he will. Yeah. He will, absolutely. He's, he's been nominated three times in four years. So that's Groundhog oh. Day. So now let's talk about Natasha, Pierre, and the Great Comet of 1812. There's a war going on. My friend Daniel Rakowski was one of the producers. Right, and and uh, my my friends Jack Batman and uh, Bruce Harris. Is that his real name? That's his real name, Jack W. Batman. <laughs> Three most exciting words in show business. Uh, are also producers on this show. I really like this show. I really uh, was... I, w- I had no idea what to expect mm-hmm. listening uh-huh. to it, I have to say. Because it is such a visual... All you hear about is the costumes and the set when people talk about it. They don't really talk about the score. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's all about what they did to the Imperial Theater and how they completely revamped it. And you sit on the stage and all that and Josh Groban. And, uh, <laughs> that, that's all you know about it. And it's based on War and Peace. And I was really... It's based on 70 pages of War and Peace. Right. <laughs> and it's how long? Three hours? I mean, it's about it's three just, hours, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, it's a 1,500-page book or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I really I thought it was I thought it was great. What is and I know I'm going to go right to Carrie because I know she she thinks it's great as well. I'm nepotism free and I'm absolutely over the moon for this. Yeah. And I've only <laughs> I listened to it uh, prepping for this podcast, and then I fell down a three hour rabbit hole of watching videos online, um, as well as all of their behind the scenes uh, stuff that's on like BroadwayWorld.com and mm. on their Facebook page. Um, I also have a small obsession with Philippa Sue, and she was in the, yeah, the original, original Off-Broadway, production. Off-Broadway production of this. And I really, really like this musical. Uh, and there are, I have some friends who have actually seen it who uh, did not like it so much when they mm. saw it in performance. Okay. So I'm, I'm really interested to actually get myself up to New York to have a chance to see it live because there's a lot about this on paper and on recording that just screams Carrie Ginsburg. First of all, it's Russian literature. Uh-huh. So it's a uh, very high concept. I'm not a big fan of like um, dinner theater, but I do like immersive theater. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the play uh, sort of swarms around you really brings you into, I think, the the idea of like the the gossip that pervades high Russian society at the turn of the century okay. um, into the sorry the seventeenth to eighteenth to nineteenth centuries right. when everybody was speaking French Russian and a little bit of English and right. all of those things. Um, I also liked that the uh, the guy who wrote the music lyrics and book Dave Malloy and did the orchestrations and did the orchestrations because he doesn't have enough to do. Right. Um, his previous works include a drunken romp through Schubert, a <laughs> Russian indie rock musical that's not Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet, <laughs> a chamber musical, and a piece about Rachmaninoff and hypnosis. So this guy really goes the distance on high him. concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to me, listening to it, I felt the same charge as I 
remember feeling the first time I listened to a chorus line and company oh, wow. and rent okay. and spring awakening that it was a it was a traditional musical like sticking out its elbows and trying to do something a little bit different yeah, and that has, I found very exciting. I, I, it has a very strong spring awakening vibe to me. The, the yeah. score does. It has their moments that feel straight out of spring awakening and in, in their sort of removedness from the emotional moment. But before we go into that. Ronnie, what did you think of I am obsessed with the show. Okay. Um, It was by far my favorite show of the year. Uh, And I am, I had the experience listening to it that I haven't had actually, I'd say since Fun Home, of being completely just immersed, even though I have not seen the show, but just so immersed in the the, um, cast recording, the original Broadway cast recording, that then I downloaded the original cast recording from Off-Broadway and listened to that straight through. And then I went online and just, tore through every bit of video that I could find uh, of, of the show. I just think it's so winning in a way that, in a year of a lot of very heavy emotional shows, mm-hmm. it gets at the emotion and high drama of Russian literature, but it doesn't weigh you down with it in the way that I found with some of the other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it keeps it, not light, but you're floating above Playful. it while absorbing the emotion, and there's enough laughter and fun and high energy and all that kind of stuff that I I will listen to this on repeat for the next three months. Wow. Well, there we go. Everybody so, seems to ringing like... endorsement. Yeah, we should go together to see it. I would love to. I would really Yay! love to see it. No, I, you're I not, really, invited. I'm not invited. No. <laughs> also, I love the story of it. Between as I was doing the research, the story of it of you know it was in a. a a theater for 98 people in New York, and yeah. then the next theater was double that size. It wasn't even a theater; they built a tent because they didn't oh, yeah, find the, a yeah. theater that they. That was the third. Yeah, New yeah. production. And yeah. yeah, built this original yeah. tent based on a Russian eating club. Then it went up to uh, ART in Boston, and uh, you know, I just love that story. And I think we'll get to this when we talk about the best musical. But I think that narrative of the show yeah. may propel it to. Oh, Ooh, okay, cool. Ooh. <laughs> what do they call that? Very it's the dark horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it is the dark. I, yeah, I was, I was a little. I will have. I do say that the thing is that the song that Bobby's been. It's a shame that he's gone because the shame that Bobby was listening to on repeat was uh, is the opening. Yeah, which is such a fun, great yes. opening number. But I will say, um, it's a little weird to me that that opening number doesn't match what comes after it as much. I feel like the opening number. It took me a little while to get in. I had to listen to it a couple times because the opening number felt like it set me up for something that was more. I don't know, Brechtian or Kurt Vile kind of score yeah. vibe to it and kind of very self-commentating. And that continued. But when the EDM comes in, well, it, is- I, it took it just took me a few minutes to be like, what am I listening to? And then once I realized what I was listening to, I was into it. But it, it just it it's so funny for a show to have such an excellent opening number mm-hmm. that actually doesn't really set me up for what I'm about to see in the way I expect an opening number to musically. It does... The lyrics absolutely do, but the, the music doesn't really. In all of the reviews and um, interviews, it's referred to as an electro-pop opera. Right. And I agree that I don't get that from the opening number. Do mm-hmm. you feel then that you're sort of beaten switched by it? A little bit. It took, it, there's, there, there is a nice, I mean, it goes from that to Pierre. Yes. Which is a really nice, that's a clean transition. Mm-hmm. But then once it, the, ED, the, the sort of electro-pop recitative section comes in, mm-hmm. I sort of felt lost for a little bit and then it, it swung back around for me like I, I went oh this is what it is like that opening number is more of an anomaly than like this is really what the show is going to be more about musically well it definitely has a bunch of musical genres within the one show kind of like yeah. hamilton was always described as a hip-hop musical and it definitely had a lot of hip-hop in it right but some songs go into other ranges and i think natasha pierre does the same thing but I, I feel like the, like the job of an opening number aside from to tell you what you're about to see is to sort of musically set the tone for what I'm about to experience. And I feel like this that song 
didn't do that. Except, so here's what I'm yeah, sure, sure. wondering. So when all of the electronics come in to sort of inform or cause dissent from the melody, is it because this world that's so tidy is starting to fall apart? And so the electropop comes in to sort of show the decline. In 19th century Russia, we write letters, we write letters. We put down in writing what is happening in our minds. Once it's on the paper, we feel better, we feel better. It's like some kind of clarity when the letter's done inside. I think you're probably partially right, because there is that the big lyric in the opening of, you know, it was the champagne and caviar, the war can't touch us here. And then, of course, it does. Like, it all, everything just folds in on them. I was going to ask you what you think about the final song as a finale, because it has such a traditional opening number that I feel, my opinion is mm. that the finale is not a traditional finale number. But it is small and it's it is intimate and quiet, which I think it's is a contrast. But it's certainly more traditional than a lot of the stuff you've literally just seen. I mean, it it goes through some very unusual places, and and I think it it is its traditionality is played out by the fact that it's when you watch commercials for the show, the finale is what they play. It's a cha- I mean, it's a very challenging show, I think. It's, but it's been running already for six months, I think. I yes. mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. running. It looks like it's going to run after Josh Groban leaves. All right, so that's Natasha and Pierre. Let's move on real fast to okay. the next show, which came up through D.C. a long time ago, it feels like now, and that is Dear Evan Hansen. On the outside, always looking in, will I ever be more than I've always been? Because I'm tap, tap, tapping on the glass. I'm waving through a window, oh, I... Try to speak, but nobody can hear So I wait around for an answer to appear While I'm watch, watch, watching people pass I'm waving through a window Can anybody see? Is anybody waving back at me? Did you see it? No, I didn't. And you didn't see it either. Okay, I've seen it. So, okay, now let's, let's, right. let's go. Yeah. So, I, uh... I'm personally offended by some of the marketing around Dear Evan Hansen. Why? Okay, so it's it just seems maybe it's because I grew up in a social media world, and this we all did, but mm-hmm. I'm a little younger than you are. Anyway, I don't know how old you are, but I'm um, <laughs> very politic. Thank you. Very, very, <laughs> very politic. Thank you right? very Good much. Yeah. Um, because it was like, wow, this is a musical that incorporates social media as if this was mm. some huge, grand, like what a shocking development in art and theater that there's screens on this on the stage. And my God, and, and they're talking to the young people. What a great way to talk to the young people. So all that said, um, that really turned me off and made me want to dislike it. Having said that, I liked it. It was, oh, okay. I, I, I didn't get absorbed into it by listening to the cast recording or watching uh, any of the myriad videos or talking to people in DC who saw it. It just didn't seem like, it felt so, one, I don't like, I couldn't really tell one song from the other as they go through. Like, with so, a mm. few notable exceptions. It all seemed to sort of blend into the same thing and I don't really mm. care for that either. And it, not as much as Come From Away, which we can talk when we get there, but it just, the emotion of it laid me down in a way mm. of just like this is just so 
much, and you know, I, I just I didn't didn't click with me. Okay, but I recognized the artistry right. and uh, loved um, Ben Platt. Can I tell you a funny story about this? Sure. Uh, in the wintertime, I... It would be great I, if I said no. I yes, it would have. <laughs> and I would have been like, great. Still can't come with us to see Natasha Pierre. Uh, so in the in the winter, I was in a show, uh, and uh, several members of the cast were talking about Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, and I said, oh, I haven't... I didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, would you... Can I borrow a cop? Can I borrow... Mm. This is how old I am. May I borrow a copy <laughs> of the original cast album from you? And they were like... No, we'll just we'll burn we'll you a burn copy, you a copy. <laughs> or we'll like send it to you via Dropbox. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are these things? So um so my friend Ben burned a copy of the mm-hmm. album, gave it to me, I threw it onto my laptop and uploaded it into I imported it. Yeah. I have to use my correct <laughs> words. I imported it into iTunes and I don't know what I did. I have this thing with technology. iTunes imported it in reverse order. Oh, oh. So you iTunes. To it so I listened too. to it backwards. Wow. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, what is this show? <laughs> what is happening? Wow, I don't even understand why is everybody losing their cool over this? I thought <laughs> right. it was going to be really melodic and I could just understand it while I was like making my Blue Apron dinner. Right. This makes no sense. So then I pulled up the Wikipedia page and I was reading it. And I was like, this just doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. And then when I was reading Wikipedia, I was like waving through the window. Wait a second. I just I haven't heard that. Have I heard that song? Right. So then I realized it was backwards, and mm. I went womp womp. Yeah. And so I had to anyway. Silly Carrie. So <laughs> listening to a show backwards, you you would say affected your. It did. Yeah. I had zero idea what was happening the first time I listened to it. So I have gone back and listened to it subsequently <laughs> on disc. Uh huh. Not on my computer, in mm. my car, so that way I could actually not mess it up again. I will say that. This didn't necessarily sound like a Pasek and Paul show to me. Oh, okay. Me. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, because my experience with them is uh, Dogfight and season two of Smash. Right. Um, and those, that's a slightly different sound kind of vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of song to song uh, on this album that sort of blends together, much like you were saying, Roddy, to me. I wonder if this would be something I enjoy more in performance because I suspect that Ben Platt is just opening his veins. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um in his performance. And I would be very very interested to see that. I don't know as a person if having all of the screen and sort of the the social action video social action social media video projection stuff would really impact me as a theater goer. So, but it'll get the young people. Well, so here's the thing: who use the Twitter? Well, it won't. So, get the so young I saw it. <laughs> so I did see it. Right. And you're, you're. I mean, Ben Platt and uh, and Rachel Bay Jones are transcendent. Sure. Absolutely transcendent in it, and it is. They are, as you say, like completely leaving it all on the stage, and it's it's incredible. I mean, they're so big, so small. I mean, God, she just she just completely. That song's amazingly affecting, and she's so good at it. And the house felt so big, and I felt so small. The house felt so big, and I and I knew there would be moments that I'd miss, and I. Be 
and I do. And I will. It's it's a really simple show. Mm-hmm. It's a very small show. And I feel like mm-hmm. the worst thing about it is the set design. The oh. set design with all the moving platform, the screens and the... Because the big thing to me was social media has nothing really to do with anything of true consequence mm-hmm. until the video of him giving the speech, it's I guess the end of act one, goes viral. Mm-hmm. That's the first time that social media actually impacts the plot. Before that, it's letters. Right. And it's emails. And so do you and see them? You Well, that's the thing is I didn't really know what I was seeing. So you do. You see, oh. that's what you're seeing. You're seeing commentary and reactions and these things. I guess the point was supposed to be that there's all this like, People, nobody's connected, even though we're all talking at the same time. Nobody's really right. listening. But I got that from the show, from the text. Like, and I felt that the the design felt very oppressive to me. It felt like it was slamming stuff at me when I just wanted to watch these people perform. There's uh-huh. only six people in the show, and mm. I feel like in a small, like in a stripped down setting, the show will break your heart into nine pieces because it kills you as it is now, even mm-hmm. with all the assault. And there's a really, and I, it, it, it completes itself in such a way where like it's all very metallic and, and cold and digital and the finale is in a, in a, in a grove. The mm-hmm. screens are all gone. It opens itself up. I mean, neat, but it doesn't. A little on the nose. It does, exactly right. <laughs> which it doesn't. <laughs> but that's the thing is the show is so so intimate and so tiny and so beautiful. I feel like all the Broadway-ness of it is just hurting, is, is sort of getting sure, in yeah. the way. And it's a real testament to the performers that it didn't affect my feeling of them at any point in the show. So I think it's, I mean, it's it, it's great, I, I think. It, it's, I have to say, I, want, I think it was a little overhyped for me. And it's that everybody in town, when it was at Arena, I mean, this was the show yeah. everybody was going yes. to see. Everybody was talking about how great it was. And it is really great. I feel like if I'd seen it without knowing anything about it, I would have had a better time. But I still really, really, really enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. really liked it a lot. And it, it, I also, <laughs> I'm not surprised it's like the fastest best-selling cast album of all time. Because like, this has is like mu- high school music theater student oh, yeah. all, all over it. it. I mean, a lot of recitals. Will... Uh, oh, <laughs> gosh. Yes. oh my gosh. How many people are, are you looking for do? a mournful ballad? We got it Well, right I mean, here. just yeah. like even like waving, th- like waving through a window, we're going to be... Pop tenor flip, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's all. Oh my gosh, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be everywhere. If I could tell her, disappear to break out to break in a glove. Right. I, like, that only song us, yeah. in particular, though, Which one? Uh, to break to break in a glove. To break in a glove, yeah. It just takes a little patience. It takes a little time, a little perseverance, and a little uphill climb. You might not think it's worth it. You might begin to doubt, but you can't take any shortcuts. You gotta stick it out, and it's the hard way, but it's the right way, the right way to break in a glove. Boy, oh boy. So yeah. I was I was listening, and I was in a happy passenger mode as I was listening mm-hmm. when I finally listened to it in the correct order, until that song, and I actually stopped and watched the radio mm-hmm. while listening mm-hmm. to it. Like that would help me understand it better, right. but it, but the, in a good way or in a bad way, very right. positive. Okay, way. good. <laughs> um, the fact that they're they're telling two separate stories and it just weaves together mm-hmm. into one very specific developmental moment mm-hmm. is so lovely. Yeah, every character in very the show thoughtful. has a moment of of just 
of, of they have, they have it's just that it's just that they all have their moment. They all have their ability to sort of break down and let you know how they feel. And it's very well crafted. It's a, it's a, it's also totally original, which I have to give like big yeah. props to. It, it it's a completely original. The musical. only best musical nominee that's fully like that's fully original, right? Mm-hmm. Not based on anything at all. So it's it, it for that alone, you know, it gets it gets great respect for me. But I, I think it's really great. I am also though I have to say not a huge fan of this recording. Having seen it, oh. I don't like the way this recording's mixed. It feels very poppy, uh-huh. and it feels the vocals are way out in front, and it feels it like you say it weaves in a way that I'm just not mm-hmm. having seen it because the songs it, it's it for all of its sort of groundbreakingness in the design, it's very traditional, it's very plot driven, and it's very scene song scene song mm-hmm. songs come organically when mm-hmm. and it's it's that Oscar's Hammerstein rule like when the emotion hits a peak everybody starts singing that's absolutely how these mm-hmm. scenes go and the recording feels very in a way a lot of modern recordings feel to me very cold and very the 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 singer sounds separated from the 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 orchestra everything sounds like it's happening in isolation mm. which is for a show where everything is like kind of fluid and happening together was just a little shocking so i'm not I'm not a huge fan of this album from a production standpoint, and I mm-hmm. wonder if that sort of Maybe. is part of what you're feeling about how they, it, it doesn't feel like the the album is not representing the show in the way I want it to mm-hmm. in the show that I mm-hmm. saw. So that's just kind of how I that's how I feel. So the show is better than the album in mm. my in my opinion. Um, and I think also people who only know Ben Platt from um, oh yeah the well, Pitch Perfect yeah, movies Pitch Perfect, I know yeah will be very pleasantly surprised. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's incredible. Yes, he's absolutely incredible in the His show. His performance on Seth Meyers was. I was yeah. stunned by it. Yes. You know, just like watching the video. It's like, mesmerizing. Yeah. You can't yeah. take your eyes off him. And it's so, I can't believe he's been doing it for two years. I mean, it's so mm-hmm. human and it's Fresh, so yeah. tiny and nuanced. And it's every How time. How exhausted must he, must he I know, be? My I know, my God. All the time. He has to have lost like 50 pounds in the last year. Just in all the yeah. fidgeting he's yeah. been doing every, <laughs> yeah. eight times a week. It's, inc- it's absolutely right. amazing. It's so well done. Okay. That's Dear Evan Hansen. We'll come back to it. The last show of our four Best Musical nominees is Come From Away. On the northeast tip of North America, on an island called Newfoundland, there's an airport. It used to be one of the biggest airports in the world. And next to it is a town called Gander. Welcome to the rack if you come from away. You probably understand about half of what we say. They say no man's an island, but an island makes a man. Especially when one comes from one like Newfoundland. Welcome to the rack. Oh boy. I'm in the classroom. It's our first day back. The more I listen to it, the more I like it. Okay. Uh, I wonder what it would be like to actually sit in a theater and breathe the same air as the audience and the cast. Because everybody has, well, everyone of a certain age has their own very specific where were you the morning the plane struck Mm -hmm. the towers. Um, And uh, a woman I went to high school with her mother. Uh, was a flight attendant on the plane that struck the Pentagon. Oh, Jesus. Um, And so uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, macro and then micro feelings associated with this um, for me, as for everybody. There were certain moments in listening to this musical that the hair on my arms stood on end. Um, The one that comes to mind right now is uh, when the passengers on the plane from Africa who um, they don't speak English and mm-hmm. they and they find the Bible and they discover that the the pagination and the numbering in both Bibles are the same and so they pull out the Bible verse um, to yeah. demonstrate that there's nothing to be afraid of that they're there uh, that it just happened yeah. again yeah. Um, oh, that yeah. moment it's a, it's a startling or moment. Yeah. Um, 
when Beulah and the mother of the Queen's firefighter, when they find each other at the camp and mm-hmm. they become lifelong friends, um, that's also very, I mean, there are these moments that sort of bubble up and, and they're very, very touching. But the first time I listened through to it, and I know that this is sacrilegious, I really, I struggled. Mm-hmm. I struggled because the the first song in particular, I didn't want to like the show. The Welcome to the Rock, yeah. that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. When it's sort of, you know, we all have we all have a Canadian accent and right. this is where we live and we're on the cusp of nowhere. And I just thought this might, like Groundhog Day, this just might not be for me. And that okay. happens sometimes where my, my taste is not of the zeitgeist. But mm-hmm. it's, it is growing on me. And I suspect that if I saw it, I would probably weep from the beginning of, of, of song two through the end of the show on whomever was sitting beside right. me. So... I know you you couldn't get through I it. I couldn't finish listening. it the first time I started yeah. listening to it. It was too, um, and I think it really color. I mean, I think everyone who sees Come From Away or has any uh, any piece of 9-11 culture will have their own perspective yes. on everything that happens, right? So it really colors the entire thing. I really didn't enjoy it, and I probably won't listen to it again. Wow. And I couldn't finish it. It was just too much. Hmm. And it felt like I was, it felt like homework, like getting through this was important to do, capital I important. Yeah. But I didn't want to do it. And if we were still under an Obama presidency, I think I could have gotten through it. Oh, uh, okay. But it just, you know, again, it's like more just attenuated to my life, but as someone who works in politics during the Trump presidency, I don't want my art to do this to me. I don't want it to laden me down. I mm. want to be. Uh, not necessarily uplifted every single time, but I want something to hold on to that's not just pathos. And this mm. felt like that to me. And so I, I did listen. I did finish it. And I will not listen to it again for hmm. the foreseeable future. Really anyway. Interesting. I thought it was good. I mean, I, I guess like, all, you know, I, I recognize the artistry of it and I understand that people play different roles and that seems very impressive. Um, I also really didn't like the treatment of the gay couple. I thought that was kind of Yeah, it's of not great on the recording. Cliche and... Uh, yeah, I... Uh, caricature sure um but uh yeah so and, and also like you know the gay couple that like, goes into this bar and they're nervous but everyone accepts them and i'm like it's 2001 i don't know i don't like don't necessarily buy that as like a so just to that in a I, tiny I, little isolated right. well if i so in in the as, as the one who's seen it um i saw it at ford's when it was here and just to that specifically that is addressed in a scene that precedes okay. the song there is a Got whole it. scene about the one member of the couple is very nervous about the fact yeah. that they're in this bar in the middle of nowhere and is kind of aggressively nervous about it and blurts out the fact that he's gay in the room. And I don't quite remember how it's dealt with, but it's dealt with in a very sort of mature but accepting okay. way where sort of like... Is it a way that recognizes the complexity of the situation? Oh God, or is no, it just no, like, oh, yes, we all love gay well, people. I, no, it's like, it's, it's somewhere, I would say it's somewhere in the middle. It's okay. not quite that, but it's not, it's <laughs> but not of, the of new All one. of the strange things that's happening in and to this community during this particular five-day period of time, having a gay couple walk into right. a bar is May not... not the thing they do. Yeah. That's, I mean, because that's the other thing. It's, so what's funny to me, because I saw it first, uh, having not, there was no recording when I saw it, only knowing that I had to see it. And I actually saw it because... Um, Holly Hassett. Yes, of course. Cornered me <laughs> at the at the Kennedy Center and said, "You have to go. I've bought like forty tickets. I'm giving them away to actors. You should go." She didn't give me a ticket, but like, you should go. <laughs> and then I ran into her oh, when Holly. we when Kelly and I went to see it at the noon matinee, and yes. she was there. I mean, like she saw this show six times, I think, when it was at oh, four, I bet more than if, that. maybe more. Yeah, and 
when you put on, like, I don't know if you put it on Facebook or you wrote an email to me that you couldn't finish it because you just thought it was too heavy. I was shocked because that's not how the show feels at all. Mm. It, it, a couple of, it's, so it's happening very quickly. Yeah, it's The propulsive. show is 100 show's, minutes, yeah. no, is my kind of show. 100 minutes, no intermission. Yes! Full ensemble, <laughs> no set. Everybody's playing 30 parts. This, this is my show. And the show is moving so quickly that you really don't have any time to worry about what's happening mm. in the sort of historical mm-hmm. 9-11 context of it. And except for those, and it, it does a really good job of just like, it starts with this, the fun opening number. It then goes into a like confusion for a long time. Mm-hmm. And all the songs you'll notice are about I mean, 28 hours and things are just really mm-hmm. about the logistics of what was going on. And it doesn't get into the emotional stuff until there's that scene where they all watch, they get, finally mm-hmm. get off the plane and they watch TV. And mm-hmm. that's where things start to get a little heavy. Um, but it moves between, like, the actors move among characters and among settings, like, so quickly and so fast that you sort of don't have time to get, you're just enjoying the experience mm-hmm. and, and getting swept up in the characters, which I think is the point, that you're supposed to focus right. on the individuals and the people. And then you get kind of lost in the magic of that. And then the end is absolutely devastating. I mean, you cry your eyes out of the finale. It's just, it's one of those shows. So it, that's, I mean, I, I would say that this is the greatest theater-going experience I had since I saw Fun Home. It is Whoa. just absolutely, absolutely incredible. And like noon on a Thursday, I saw this at Ford's Theater and it it was unbelievable. And no Judy Kuhn. And it's no still, Judy Kuhn, wow. the queen, long may she reign, was not in this. I mean, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I couldn't believe that a show about 9-11 was making me feel anything but sad. It was making me feel sad but happy, thrilled. It's a very life-affirming show, which is actually why I would refute the fact, oh, I, would, I would refute oh. your statement that it's like in the Trump presidency. It's like, I think it's actually gaining Momentum. importance in, in the current climate because it is very like, we're all in this, we're all people, we're all in this together and we get through tragedy with each other. Is there much of a book? Yes, there are several, some of my favorite moments in the show are book scenes. There's a book scene in which there's a scene with the African-American man playing a character who is sent he's staying in another town and they're going to have a cookout for everybody so the mayor of the town tells him to just go around everyone's houses and collect all the barbecues Oh, and he's just like I, I can't do that like they'll shoot me I will be dead he's like no no just go to the houses the barbecues will all be in the backyard and just take them Oh, and he does and he goes to the first house and he takes the barbecue and the guy comes out of the house and he freezes and he's like the guy goes, I'm just taking this to the cookout and the guy goes Oh, okay, let me get you some charcoal. It's in the thing, whatever. <laughs> Which is apparently the way this part of the country, the real part mm-hmm. of the world is. And it's just a really interesting... There's several scenes like that of like unexpected humanity in this town, like Gander in Newfoundland, that feels like the moon, I think, mm-hmm. to a lot of these people. So, yeah, I, I am, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry you guys didn't love it from the recording. I will say it's impossible to get the whole weight of the show from the recording anyway. Sure. But it is, I, I would say, if you get a chance to see it, see it. Well, I, that's, yeah. I mean, that is exactly the difference between seeing theater live and listening to a cast album right not all of your senses are engaged Mm -hmm. so you have the opportunity to sort of mentally wander off and become Mm -hmm. you know remember where you were or oh god i forgot to pay the home depot bill and so you you sort of like lose track (laughs) because you're you know futzing with other things so um, yeah yeah you know what I liked about Come From Away, too, just from looking at things online? Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in the cast, they look like real people. They're mm-hmm. beautiful yes, people, yes. right? But they That's look true. they look mm-hmm. like real people. Like, you could yeah. bump into them at Harris Teeter in Absolutely. the produce section and, like, have a conversation about whatever yeah. mm-hmm. and then go about your merry business. Yeah. Some of these other shows, everybody is sort of 
what you would expect in a big Broadway musical yeah. where there is a chorus line. That exactly is really right. true. Yeah. yeah, they are all very yeah. They're, they're work and dressed in a plain way. You know, it's like yes. very, yeah, yeah. Because it, it it was it was amazing, and and it was funny to me when you said that Roddy that it was it was heavy. It was the first time I thought, oh yeah, I guess this is like heavy. It's very yeah. heavy material. It well, does not see it. Did not feel that way when I saw it at all. So those are the four big shows. I mean, when we go see Natasha Pierre, we can do you the can double. Slide I mean, over yeah, try, yeah, yeah. Jump on over to to uh, come well, from we'll away. see come from <laughs> first. We'd have to just come from the, first, uh, I think, to, and then. <laughs> Then Natasha Pierre. Well, brunch, shorter, we'll have though. some mimosas. We'll right. get primed. We'll go see right. Comfort right. And then we'll go to the vodka bar. <laughs> Patrick's still not invited. I'm so... <laughs> so I've seen Comfort away. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> so let's quit. We're going to hit a bunch of other shows as we go through. But yeah. I'd like to go through the nominees and sort of talk about what we think and, and make some predictions and, and you know, just be Play theater fans for a minute. Yeah. So we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up. Uh, so the first one I want to deal with is on, on page two of your hymnal. Okay, great. Uh, is Best Orchestrations. Our nominees are Bandstand, Dear Evan Hansen, Hello Dolly, and Natasha and Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812. So um, bands, the, the only shows we haven't talked about so far is Bandstand, which is a review of uh, 30s and 40s mu- music, music. Right? With a- Andy Blankenbuehler's uh, choreography. And the Hello Dolly revival with Bette Midler. Do they um, have new orchestrations? I guess, I guess it does. Out. Otherwise, it couldn't have the nomination. And... Um, I, I have not been shy about the fact that I, I hate Hello, Dolly! with the Fire of a Thousand Suns, so I won't be shy about that here. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I did it in high school. Oh. Um, uh, uh, and played Cornelius, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is not, not one of my more favorite shows in the world. But uh, uh, I'd go with Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of, um, of 1812. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot of I want it to be, but I think it sure, is. That's totally I would him. like it to be Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. We're going to say the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I suspect it's probably going to be Dear Evan Hansen. So that's interesting. So Alex Lacamoire won last year yep, that's for, why. for Hamilton. He's And he's really good. He's I very, mean, very Alex good. Alex is really good. He is the Jonathan Tunick of, of the modern musical yeah. theater age. I think Dave Malloy has a better than average shot because I don't think he's going to win anything else. Okay. And it's a good way to reward him for the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's one or the other. Yeah. I think it's either Alex Lacamoire or Jeremy. Natasha Pierre definitely has the most orchestration. You mean Natasha Pierre in the Great Comedy of 1812? Yes. <laughs> um, that's my pick. That, I think it's going to win. I think it's going to win for that for that reason. Okay, it'll, great. it'll get the uh, the push award. Best lighting design of a musical. Is this where we these? include projections and screen work? That's an interesting question. Versus scenic design. So yes, we'll get to. The, so the nominees for lighting design are "Come From Away," "Dear Evan Hansen," "Hello Dolly," "Natasha and Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812." That's an interesting question, and one that is not really addressed is whether the projections of the social media are lighting or set i imagine they're set okay. i think at the end of the day that would be the set designer's responsibility because when i have been in shows where we have had projections we've had a different designer and so right. to me it is a different artistry yeah than mm. either of the two i think it would qualify as part of the set okay. design for this okay. anyway um mm. but who's who's to say um so those are our four nominees and uh who do we think i'm i'll start this time i think it's going to be um i'm going to pick dear evan hansen for this one uh Partially because of that confusion. Yes. And also partially because of most lighting design. I think it's got a ton, having seen it, it's got a ton of lighting design to it. Um, 
But I really, it's impossible to predict this award. Well, yeah, somewhere. not having seen them, it's hard to... Mm-hmm. But I, I think also in Never general... Never looked very dark in the videos. Would you... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, a lot of spotlights. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, a lot of specific lighting design. Who did you pick, too? Well, to mix it up a bit, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, again, say Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Really kind of an uninformed pick, since I haven't seen any of them in person, but mm-hmm. it looked like cool lighting from the videos, though, I watched. I picked Dear Evan Hansen because of the production confusion. Yeah, it, I, it feels very... These awards always seem like most to me more than mm. best Fair. a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> which is just, I mean, it's the nature of awards. Most cues. Most cues, <laughs> which ties very nicely into the next category, costume design of a musical. Our nominees being Anastasia, Hello Dolly, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, and War Paint coming in with its first nomination. I think War Paint has you very war- impressive costumes. Mm-hmm. So I picked War Paint. All right. I picked Natasha Pierre. I picked Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812 as well, because, again, for most. I mean, Anastasia could be a spoiler here as well. I think I've picked Natasha Pierre, but I think Anastasia could be could be a spoiler. Because um, the costumes, again, looked look most. I love your, your noise of... <laughs> <laughs> Anastasia. Unhappiness. You didn't like the, the, no. the film? Oh, the, the animated fine. film? I, I didn't get into the but film But it's only based much. on... It's only half based on the film. Yeah. No. There's, yeah, yeah. There's. It's not a straight adaptation of the of the car, of the uh, animated film. What? There's two. It, if you look at the credit, it's really funny. Mm-mm. It says based on the 20th century, whatever, 20th century Fox films. Uh huh. Because there's a live action version, which I can't remember when it came out, but there's of and the story of Anastasia, and this musical takes these two versions and molds them together. So all the magic that was in the cartoon is gone. Okay, so Rasputin is not the bad not guy. Not the bad guy. Oh, I'm. No. I am no. now against this musical. <laughs> they yeah, took the not. worst parts from both. <laughs> that, was, that was what. That's what the New York Very Times good. review. Basically and then said. there's a yeah. ballet. And there's a yeah, ballet. and then yeah. there's a, yeah. because it's Russia. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty costumed. Yeah. Best scenic design of a musical. Groundhog Day gets its first nomination. Hello Dolly mm-hmm. keeps coming in there. Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 and War Paint. Again, war paint. <laughs> I can't. I can't not say war paint like that. I've tried. I don't know why. Really, in my as... head, it sounds like war horse. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta say it like Patty Lapone. War paint. War paint. War paint. <laughs> like Ava Perone. All right, uh, so. Um, <laughs> design of a musical. I'll start. I think this is the first lock personally of mm-hmm. the evening. I think Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812 for tearing apart the Imperial Agreed. Theater and building a whole new thing uh, is all but guaranteed a Tony Award. You and justified yeah. so. I think it's Agreed. a gorgeous design. We all agree. Yeah. Yeah, that one's easy. See, now we're all going to be wrong. It's going to be well, Groundhog Day. Um, <laughs> nobody saw that coming. Best choreography. Uh, last year's winner, Andy Blankenbuehler for Bandstand. He won last year for Hamilton. Come From Away, uh, Kelly Devine. Groundhog Day, Peter Darling and Ellen Kane. Holiday Inn, Dennis Jones. And Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812, Sam Pinkleton. This is a huge toss-up to me. Um, but what do you guys think? I guess, I don't know. I mean, Groundhog Day looked like it had a lot of big, fancy numbers. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to I don't know. I feel very ambivalent, again, not having seen them. Also, <laughs> it's a little hard to do the prediction. But... Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812 has a lot of busy, it's very, it's a very, uh, uh, a lot of traffic intersections mm-hmm. of people moving and looks very precise in the way that if an actor is even one beat behind, they're going to crash into someone else. And so, you know, I have to admire that um, dur- during the song. So for that, I'll say, I'll, I'll keep a clean sweep. I'm so for air traffic control. Sweet. For air traffic control. Uh, That's come from away. Isn't that air traffic I will. Um, mm. uh, 
Uh, I'll say Natasha. So you'll say Natasha Pierre yeah. and the Great Comet of 1812. I picked Bandstand. Yeah, this is real. This is why this is hard. Why'd you pick Bandstand? Because uh, all of the swing choreography mm. that I was able to find, which was not difficult to do, mm-hmm. um, and all of their online promos, um, illegally captured phone videos from the show, is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Uh, it made up for the fact that I thought the score was just sort of like, whatever, right. but that it's really neat to look at. And I don't know if you listened or, or you read, um, the Hamill tome. Yeah. Um, he himself, uh, uh, Andy Blinkenbuehler is a interesting guy and his life is just so textured and he had so many personal things happening during Hamilton that I'm just going to root for this guy forever. Okay. Yeah. I can get down with that. Yeah, I, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Bandstand too. I, I I think in in my if it if I wish Come From Away would win because, sure. but there's just not a lot of dancing in it. But the choreography is really rhythmic. Yeah. Well, and how they blend scenes and move. Like you say about Natasha Pierre, how like people if like if you if you're off your track. I had heard from more than one person who worked at Ford's so that like that's what all the actors say. If you yeah. lose your mind for one second in the show, you're gonna be lost. You're gonna run into somebody. Um, so yeah, I hope Come From Away wins, but I think it's gonna be Bandstand. All right, now it gets interesting. Yes. Best direction of a musical. Come From Away, Christopher Ashley, Dear Evan Hansen, Michael Grief, he of Re- late of Rent, Groundhog Day, Matthew Warkus, Hello Dolly, Jerry Zachs, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, Rachel Chavkin. It's, yeah, yeah. So when, something I always think of is, is uh, when I'm trying to predict awards is in the 1982 Oscar race was between Chariots of Fire and Reds. And both Warren Beatty, who directed Reds, and the director of Chariots of Fire, which escapes me at the moment, both said whoever wins Best Costumes is going to win Best Picture. And they were right. Chariots of Fire won Best mm. Costumes and Best mm. Picture. But Warren Beatty won Best Director. Like, it was a real split all the way down the night. And I always try to think of that when there's, like, no clear winner. What's the Connection. award? Mm-hmm. What's the early award that's going to tip me off mm-hmm. that this show is going to sweep? So I think if Come From Away wins Best Direction, it's Come From Away's Night. But yes. I don't think Come From Away is going to win Best Direction. I think um, that uh, that Dear Evan Hansen is going to win Best Direction. And I don't know why. <laughs> I really have no, like, you know what I mean? Like, I have no, I have no, but because I, I don't think that if Dear Evan Hansen wins Best Direction, that's going to mean it sweeps the night. I, I just feel right. like Come From Away feels like a dark horse in this category. Uh, so that's where I'm at. What do you, what do you guys think? I don't know if I see Groundhog Day, if the one award they win ends up being, being direction. Best direction. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. That's, that's a rough one. Yeah. What's so funny about this award? What is the like the director's job? Is so amorphous. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but yeah. I, you know what I mean? yeah. for the nine hundred people who vote on the Tonys, um, they all, but they all have different opinions. They do all different yeah. opinions. But I like to think I understand the voters. And <laughs> um, you said uh, that last year, and you got a lot of things wrong. I, right, I so. beat you. I know you did. But. Uh, um, <laughs> all right, boys. Um, and I think that these voters. They know the histories of these shows. They know the narratives that are built around them, mm-hmm. not just the show itself, but they know all of it, right? They don't just go into a show and, uh, and observe it in isolation of that one, you know, within the, the theater walls yeah. that they mm-hmm. have. For better or for worse, yes. And I think because of that, I would, uh, my prediction is Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. <laughs> okay. Um, because the way it was built up, the way they built their own set in the meatpacking district. Like, I think she will win not necessarily just for this Broadway production at the Imperial Theater, but for the... She's directed all of the versions of this show. Okay. And so I think because of that, 
all that narrative will come in. And I think that some voters will think we'll do that for Natasha Pierre and not do best. Mm-hmm. Like they'll do a split. And so, or not, not just not for best musical, not for, you know, yeah, yeah, school, no, best book, all the stuff. Um, and so I think from that, she could come out the middle of it. Also in general, it's the year of the woman since Hillary lost. There's been a lot of when voters think about who they're going to vote for. I think that they may take that into account in a positive way. And I think that's a very optimistic thing to be thinking. I think that they're more calculating than, than other people. I'm going to go with come from away. Mm. That's why hope wins. That's why hope wins. No, that's who I hope. Wins. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said that's why hope wins. That's what I thought <laughs> like, you said. Oh, I was like, okay, okay. But truly, if it's if it's that small ensemble of actors playing so many mm-hmm. roles, effort and it appears yeah. to be effortless, and um, and the tracks are clear. That is solid direction, it's true. right? That that seamlessness, mm-hmm. that is good direction. It could it, this could substitute for the missing award of best ensemble performance sure. in a really easy way. I could see voters doing that of being like, well, the ensemble was great, so clearly the direction mm-hmm. was really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I hope you're right. I really hope Christopher Ashley wins for best director, but I'm 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 skeptical. Mm-hmm. Best book of a musical come from away by Irene Sankoff and David Hine. Dear Evan Hansen by Stephen Levinson. Groundhog Day by Danny Rubin, who also wrote the movie. And Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, Dave Malloy. I'm going to go with Come From Away. Really? Well, based on what you've said about it just now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Of the fact that you had, that that there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of book, mm-hmm. and that that fundamentally changes a lot of the characters, and that it sounds like, from what you say that, that you have a score that does something, and you have a book that does something, and the book just doesn't propel, it doesn't just, uh, in the service of the songs, it has its own yeah. Wait, it's very one stuff. thing, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, for that reason, I would say Come From Away. I'm oh, gonna wow. agree with Roddy wow. for the exact same reasons. Okay. I'm gonna say Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, what? Yeah, I think it. it what if it's this musical a, to save your life and not. Well, no, it did. I, I, it's not. I'm just. I'm not saying I want it to win. I'm saying it's going to win. <laughs> it's a big difference. The. Uh, I think that it's. Its book is really is a good book, but it's it's very funny. Uh-huh. Like very very funny, really. And I think that people remember that. Yeah. Remember liking mm-hmm. the script. I think when you go to see it, one of the things you'll remember is that, oh, I really like the script, too. Like, I like the songs, but I really like the script. But is this a script that's going to have that same sort of impact in 10 years as it does no. now? Oh, okay. no, no, no. Not at all. I am, I am, I think if, if the actual best book is Come From Away's book. Best original score. Here we go. Come From Away, Irene Sackhoff and David Hine, Dear Evan Hansen by Pasek and Paul. Groundhog Day by Tim Minchin and Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of eighteen twelve by David Mul- or Dave Malloy. So, what do you think, Patrick? I think it's going to be Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, I think that it's a it's the most written of the four scores. Mm-hmm. It's the most like it's got there's several songs that you can pick out from that show, unlike the other three. Where you're like, I like this song, I like that song, I like this song, and and they are, and it's a really good score. That sounds like a little belittling, but I, but it, it feels the one that's like, this is the best score. If you listen to all four of those back to back, like that's the one that won the award. I'd go, of course it did. Like that's the one that feels the most accessible to me of the four. So that's the one I think is going to win. I think I'd say come from away. Um, even though I couldn't finish it the first time, <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> because I think they accomplish a lot of narrative build with the score, and it. It adds to mm-hmm. what maybe they were going for, even though necessarily in the moment didn't work for me. It 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 all it's a piece of it, and the score in and of itself, it's its own individual unit, really pushes a narrative and pushes uh, what the show is doing, very effectively. Um, 
And probably, for me, just on an emotional level more effectively than, than the other three shows in a consistent, just based on the score kind of way. So I would okay. say Come From Away. Sure. I am selecting Dear Evan Hansen. Okay. Well, yeah. and it's funny. So, uh, so I was playing some songs from each of these recordings for my husband in the car as I was on my mm-hmm. way here today. And I was like, okay, so now we're going li- to, this is, this is now Dear Evan Hansen. And he was like, is this tongue in chic? Is this terrible? Is this like a Chic Borellis <laughs> partnership? Yeah. And I was like, no, it's Pasta yeah. Capella. And he goes, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, it's very, you know, like musical pop. Yeah. So it's very palatable that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the most musical of the music. Yeah, I think it's another the most musical of the all right. Musicals. Best yeah. supporting actress right. in a musical. Here, Here we, we go. go. Five right. nominees: Kate Baldwin for Hello Dolly, Stephanie J. Block for Falsettos. Here's Falsettos. There it is. Yeah. Jen Colella for Come From Away, Rachel Bay Jones for Dear Evan Hansen, and Mary Beth Peel for Anastasia. Love Mary Beth Peel. Yeah. Gotta love Mary Beth Peel. So, Roddy, we'll start with you. Um, I'm gonna go with Rachel Bay Jones for Dear Evan Hansen. Um, I thought that she had a very complicated character, and I also think, spoiler alert, that Ben Platt will win, and mm. I think the two of them, part of what makes them both so successful is the other one, and so you kind of, I don't think Ben Platt would be as successful without uh, Rachel Bay Jones's incredible performance, mm-hmm. and so I think that that will be recognized as a, you know, like you would, like, I mean, they're basically a couple kind of in the, in the thing in terms yeah, of this. Yeah, mother yeah. and son, yeah. Um... So that they'll be kind of evaluated like that, and that she will, and she just—I think your heart just stops when her well, it's in, in some of her numbers. So, oh yeah, um, I'll go with Rachel Bay Jones for Dear Evan Hansen. All right, I picked Jen Colella for Come From Ah, Away. you're going on the uh, Dream Girls theory. Talk you, to me about that. You what can is win that? Win a Tony Award for one song. Sure. Which is the um, everybody who's ever played what's the character's name who sings. I'm Effie. I'm I'm telling you I'm not going uh-huh. from because it's such an amazing song. How did wins. you what did you call that the dream the dream girls theory? theory that no matter who plays that part wins whatever the award is they very interesting to, I've really never just for singing that song heard that before yeah. fascinating I think I kind of made it up but Here, the or at least calling it the, calling it that market man but it's I mean it's, you know Jennifer Hudson won the Oscar she was great but it, you, that song <laughs> is so that song is so good. Yeah. It gives you so much to do and so much to show your range that I well, think it, and I think that there's a lot of ways to fall then that if is you're true. not up to That's the very challenge. That's true. But I think Jen Colella for Me in the Sky like mm. is the only she's the only actor in that show who gets a whole song a highlighted all moment all to herself. That is lengthy. Other characters have songs, but that's the only one where she gets to stand for four and a half minutes and like tells yeah. you her whole life story. And it's a really good song. Yeah. It's a very good yeah. song. Suddenly I'm in the cockpit. Suddenly everything's changed. Suddenly I'm not too young or too short. And the passengers in the back don't complain. Suddenly I'm flying company charters. Also, um, I met her in the bathroom at the Helen Hayes Awards. <laughs> she was at the Helen Hayes Awards? She won. Wow. She was awesome. Oh, wow. I didn't um, know she came. That's she fantastic. Was, she was super cool in the line for the Oh, that's, that's fun. And Helen Hayes. And so um, I, she was just such a delightful person there in this very weird moment as yeah. an interloper of a community that is not her own. She was just so excited to be like one of us and thrilled for her little show and, and her fellow castmates who oh, were there that so I cool. just, I want so much for her to be successful here. Oh, well, I'm down now. Oh. That's great. That, yeah. Wow. 
All right. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Stephanie Block for falsettos. I yes. will say that was my put yeah, my, until I saw Dear Evan Hansen, and then I. It's just God. It's so good. Yeah, falsetto. We should talk about falsettos for a second. I love falsettos. I do wanna, too. Well, well, we'll get to revivals. I mean, because we're not going to really talk about Hello Dolly or Miss Saigon. I don't think the 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 revivals are kind of landing. I have nothing to say about with them. a thud a little bit, and I, I think it's falsettos trophy to lose. Can we if we jump to that category? But it's already fast? closed. I it think is. Hello Dolly will win because Falsettos is closed. Do you really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Roddy, what do you think for Revival? We'll jump up to Revival. Um, I didn't know that Falsettos had closed. It was a limited run. It um, ran for two months. I mean, I love Falsettos. It's very of the moment. Like, it's, it feels very 1990. Yeah. When did it come out? 1990. I have when a did it come out? Um, Originally. 1992. 1992. Mm. It feels like, you know, of the late 80s kind of mm-hmm. world. Um, but it has a very special just place in my heart. And I think it's a very winning um, revival. In, winning, in, not necessarily in an awards way, but winning in a, all everything's firing on all cylinders. And maybe not a reimagination in any grand way of the original. But, you know, you know they hit it. They hit the points. They succeed at the message. And I think it works really well. Hmm. So I love falsettos. Okay. Though it's interesting. I mean, Hello Dolly is just getting tons and tons of attention. And to the extent that commercial success plays into the voters' minds. I mean, hello, Dolly, like the, the ticket sales are insane and the prices are so yeah. high that if they equate that to how good it is, then um, maybe. I don't know. It's Bette Midler and Hello, Dolly. Again, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, I think, but, ticket sales yeah. wise. Uh, but she's good. Like, it's not oh, like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, not like yeah, yeah, undeserved. Yeah. 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 Mm. Not a good show, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, what do you, so, what would, so you pick Hello, Dolly for that Though you think because under it's so duress, running. under duress, you pick Hello Dolly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will. The, the thing about the thing that strikes against falsettos for winning best revival, I will say, is that it did not get more. Like for example, the James Lapine wasn't nominated for best director, which I thought was kind mm. of a lock. There's there's certain like it, it, it didn't. It, it gets a lot of acting awards, but not a lot of the other awards that you'd expect for a show that's going to take best revival. Whereas Hello Dolly does. It's up for best director. Yeah. It's up for set. Costumes, like you know what I mean. It's up for all those other things. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of hard to tell. Um, I guess I'd also say Hello Dolly. You know, we've talked would you? about okay. it. Yeah, I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna stick by my guns and say it's falsettos. But I, it's a very valid point that since it's not running anymore, it could just, you know, just not get it. Okay, reporting actor in a musical. My wife's boyfriend, Gavin Creel, for Hello <laughs> Dolly. Michael Faced for Dear Evan Hansen, which is a surprise to me. I'll get to that in a second. Andrew Rannells for falsettos. Lucas Steele for Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812, and Brandon Aranowitz for Falsettos, who is so much fun yes. in the show. Uh, but Carrie, who do you think is going to... I picked um, my boyfriend, oh. Andrew Reynolds. You pick Andrew Reynolds for Falsettos? Yes. He's your boyfriend? He doesn't know. Well, Gavin Creel doesn't know that he's my wife's boyfriend either. Oh. But she has been ever since we saw him in the bounce at the Kennedy Center. Oh, she's, okay. I thought you were going to say hair, and I was like, really? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Frenchy. <laughs> It's a tight category. Yeah, I'm really surprised mm-hmm. Mike Face was nominated for uh, Dear Evan Hansen. It's a very small part, and he plays the the boy who kills himself. And Honor. it is it is a very small part to get singled out mm. for a nomination. It's a great performance, but it's just it's really interesting that he got it. Like it, over the father, for example. It's and, interesting that all of the the people who are nominated in this category are young. Yeah, that's true. There are no. These are, I mean, some of these these men are character actors, but these are not character actor men of a certain age. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's, that's very, very true. interesting. And the parts really run the gamut. I mean, you've got uh, yeah. you've got Cornelius Hackle, you've mm-hmm. got kid who commits suicide, you've got uh, what's the what's his name in falsettos? Wizard. Wizard. I know. Gosh, I can never come up. With, I always want to say Topper. 
Um, Which was also a role you win awards for. Like I don't know. If, I don't know if that historically that's you true. Can. But it feels that way. you like, can. Yeah, we talked about like, this on, yeah, on my episode. It's one next... of those roles that like you, you yes. are nominated. Right. Yes, you yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah, just like um, just like Mama Rose. Like, yes. Just walk around, sing the songs, and don't bump into the furniture, and, <laughs> and good fine. things will happen to you. And Lucas Steele is great on the yes. recording. Mm-hmm. And it's, all, it's a and it's a fun. Yes. That's a fun mustache twisty kind of performance. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like he turns in so so. But yeah, I, I really hope Andrew Reynolds wins. He's been nominated before. Yes, he deserves it. It's a fun part. It's an important part mm-hmm. in the grand scheme, and I, I think it'll be really great. Best lead actress in a musical: Danae Benton, yeah. Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812, Christine Ebersole. Wall paint. Grand Dump. Oh, wall yeah. paint. Patty LaFone for War Paint. No, you didn't say her. Wall paint. There you go. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I could say Bette Miller for Hella Dolly. I'd have to take eight steps back from the mic to do that properly. And uh, <laughs> Eva Noblezada for Miss Saigon, which was actually a big surprise that yeah. she got nominated. Mm-hmm. I've, I've enjoyed, I saw her sing, oh, I don't remember which song it was because I don't know any of the titles to those songs. Um, was the Act Two song? Uh, oh, you will be who you want to be. Yes, yeah. on on television, and it was yeah. it was great. She was she was really really good. Okay, but just for a second, Shades let's just imagine. Yeah. If Glenn Close had actually been nominated, this category would be impossible. Glenn, mm-hmm. Bet, Christine, Patty, yeah, Patty. no, everybody yeah, yeah. go home. Absolutely would. Yeah. Well, then we all would have split probably. Yeah. Right. Well, so and actually, I meant to look. So Patty Lapone's won twice before. Um, yes. Christine Eversol, I believe, has to have won. She won for um. What's it called? Uh, Grey Gardens. Yes. Yeah, that yes. Was it. I knew she'd won before. Um, Bette Midler's not won before. Um, <gasps> yes, she has. Didn't I don't she think win so. for, no. um, what was it, like 50 years ago? What, uh, that's a long time. I don't think that's actually <laughs> a bet. Ages are hard for me. <laughs> time passes. How could, how, how much could, how much could a banana cost? What was the last time she was on Broadway? No, she, that's the thing. Is she doesn't do <laughs> yeah. Broadway shows a lot. No. She, she I got, think it was 50 years she ago. Got she got a special Tony Award in 1974, and that's it. She got a... A special for she did a concert. On... She doesn't do Broadway. Right. Like yeah. that's why she hasn't won. So I mean she could she could take it. This that's could be too, I think she's a lot. I you think she's a lot? Her. Okay. I Though I love Danae Benton. I'm rooting for Danae Benton. And I Benton. really hope yeah. Best Lead Actor. <laughs> Best Lead Actor in a musical. Another award that I think there's no suspense in. Best performance for a lead actor in a musical, Christian Christian Borrell for Falsettos. Uh, Josh Groban for Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812, Andy Carl for Groundhog Day, David Hyde Pierce for Hello Dolly, and Ben Platt for Dear Evan Hansen. And I think it's Ben Platt's. Ben Platt. Ben Absolutely, Platt. yeah. I think there's dark there. horse. I would put in would be Josh Groban on the celebrity effect, but sure. I still think. But I'm fully. on I think the nomination Platt, is his um, his thing. Yeah. I think that's his. Thing he gets. Yeah, yeah. So I think that I think this is Ben Platt. I don't think yes. there's any question no. about that. This, he's well and, deserved, and, and yeah. he's really good. Yeah, yes, un- un- well deserved. Good. All right, so here's the big one because we did revival best musical. Oh, yeah. We've got Come From Away, Dear Evan Hansen, Groundhog Day, Natasha Pierre, and The Great Comet of 1812. I think we can all strike Groundhog Day from yes. this, despite the fact that the yeah. CD is wonderfully designed. Whoever did the design of that CD is a genius. Um, it and is let's really go cool. For it. It's it has been the gorgeous, beautifully done. Yes, seriously. Should win all those awards. I love the CD cover. Good. There you go. So does um, your son. He does. He really did like it, too. I wept and he liked the inside. The he liked the cover. Well, he liked the CD with the guy with him sleeping on the I clock. Know. I really like that touch. That's really It's a genius, whoever designed that. But so best musical. So, all right, I'm going to go first because yeah. I even I, what I think is going to happen is that and as I just to recap, I think that Dear Evan Hansen is going to win best score and best book and Come From Away is going to win best musical. OK, mm. that's that's kind of how I see them splitting the night. I think if but what I said, a stance, I think if, if Come From Away wins any of the if it wins direction, book or 
or score, it will it's a, becomes a complete lock for best mm-hmm. musical at that point. But it is, I mean, I, I I can see Dear Evan Hansen winning, but I think a lot of it also has to do with the moment. I think it's the show of the moment politically. Mm-hmm. I think the message. I think Justin Trudeau did it some great service by talking about what a great show it was and taking. He's also my Ivanka boyfriend. There. <laughs> I think he's every well. He's him and was it Macron? The pictures of oh yeah, yeah. and walking around. Yeah, everybody's shipping them now. Um, Canada and France together again. So you think it's the moment for Dear Evan Hansen or Come From Away? From Come From Away. I think Mm. it's politically the moment. I think it's an important show. I think it's and it is really good. I think. But the funny thing to me has been all the Twitter feedback I've seen of the people who are living in New York who I know who are going to see it is they all leave it stunned of just how amazing it was, and they have very little to say other than. Like it was stunned into how amazing it was, and like leaving, and when they leave the theater, so I think it's, I, I think it's it's definitely gonna win. I know, Roddy, you picked a different show. I did. So, my head tells me that Dear Evan Hansen will win, mm-hmm. but I hate the reasons I think that it'll win because <laughs> I think it'll draw the young people in because right. it's about the Twitter and like you know and the bold decision to put screens on a stage, like how brave. Really I love that you want them and, to get off your stage line. Uh, and you didn't even see it. Like, I saw it, and I don't have this much vitriol for the design. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, because of that, I think that Dear Ever Henson may win. It's not my prediction, but mm-hmm. I think that that would be the reason that it wins if it does. Sure. If Come From Way wins, it'll be a pure win in that the people who love... Enough people loved it. I don't think it'll be a political mm-hmm. or any... Mm-hmm. I think it'll just be a raw good win. Most number of votes, yeah. I still am calling it for Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Because it is dif- very different from come from, I, you mm-hmm. know, Striking Groundhog Day, it's very different tonally and in experimentation. Poor and, Groundhog Day. And in, I know, poor Groundhog Day. Um, in, 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 in its experimental, uh, you know, what it's trying to do with the theater and what and all that kind of buzzy stuff that people really like. And that Come From Away and Dear Evan Hansen, though they're both objectively very well done, uh, may split a certain vote. Mm. And then Natasha Pierre and Great Comet of 1812 will walk up the middle of it. Mm-hmm. If that happens, I would imagine the vote will be very close between the three of them in the final tally. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's what I think. I'm calling for Natasha Pierre. I can, I can see that happening. I can see in a split it it, it taking the, the. I don't think it's going to be that close, but I I can. I think it's a safe bet. It's a good. Or a you reasonable. think Comfort Way will walk away? Like it'll be overwhelming. Yes, I do. I think Comfort Way will be, which I think will be the voters will do what I say. We'll split score and book to Dear Evan Hansen mm-hmm. and then give Comfort Way the big prize as a sort of way to. Because in the voters' mind, even not in the marketers' mind, but in the voters' mind, that's a balance. Yeah, but I think the problem with that kind of prediction is that the voters. Like, they may decide, oh, I want one to win one category and one to win another category, but they may split among themselves which one they're going mm-hmm. in which category. Well, but that's why I pick, picked the way I did, because Dear Evan Hansen has the, is the most score mm-hmm. and the most book, and Come From Way is the right. most show. Like, when you uh-huh. leave, like, you go, you're humming the tunes you and, you're, the and you're repeating the lines from Dear Evan Hansen, but you are leaving Come From Away with an overwhelming emotional experience. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I want it to be Natasha Pierre and The Great Comet of 1812. I think it could go either way. Sorry, Groundhog Day. Uh, but I think it could go either way for Come From Away or Dear Evan Hansen. But I think Come From Away is going to win. I think it's just the time. Yeah, it really does feel that way to me. It, I didn't even think about it until I think it was the Trudeau visit. And it just felt like this is a show that as we wrap it up, I want to say one thing. So we all love we watch the Tony Awards. Yeah. All of us. We love watching the Tony Awards. And this year's host is Kevin Spacey. <laughs> 
for reasons that I don't quite understand. So what I really want to end on real fast, hopes and fears <laughs> <laughs> for this performance mm-hmm. from two-time Academy Award winning and Tony Award winning actor, yeah, uh, Kevin Spacey. What do we think is going to happen? I hope that, as with any host, maybe, that they he knows the limitations of what his skills are and what that he can convey to an audience and um because he can do dry humor really well Mm -hmm. i think he can um he's not really a song and dance man from what i've seen fancies himself one though yeah well that's what's exactly like i hope that there's some self-reflection and that you don't try to go too far or be something you're not and that's i think the hope with any host and you know i think that he could be someone who's more of an mc maybe than a host Mm -hmm. and that's great we don't need every host to have a huge opening number that satirizes everything. Yeah, does he doesn't the... have to be Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, no. just, you know, do your thing and get out of there. <laughs> Keep it to a crisp three hours. <laughs> Who's, who is writing for him? I don't know. I haven't um, I haven't checked on that. But I, I assume it's the usual crowd. I don't know who he... Because he came in very late. I mean, they couldn't find a host for... That's what I was wondering. They, Seriously? They couldn't find one. I mean, they couldn't They couldn't get anyone to do it. That. They could. They asked James Corden to do it. He I, said no. Oh. I don't know why they didn't... They may have asked, but it never... I never saw Stephen Colbert's name on the list oh. anywhere. That would be interesting. And he's CBS, so I don't quite understand. Oh. He's, he's at the... He's right down the street. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, so I don't quite know... Well, he has time. He has a lot of work. He also is somewhat political, so I don't yeah. know if they oh, were well, avoiding that. He's, he's on a hook right now, right? For, is he still in trouble for his uh, joke? He, he was never—he was never, he was never well, as in trouble. Sorry, as was okay. Scare reported, quotes but in yes, trouble. Yeah, he was. It, that wouldn't. I don't. I think that was too late. It was predated. It predated okay. that. He, he um, he also made out just one. I mean, nobody yeah, has to do it. Obviously, it was no. just really funny to me that they couldn't. It's a big job. It is a big job. The Tony Awards. And I was really hoping Laura Benanti would do it, but she did. Just had a kid, so <gasps> I love that's Laura not. Because it's one of the rare years where she's not like in anything mm-hmm. or doing anything. Why isn't it a woman? I don't know. I am really afraid that. Kevin Spacey's going to come out and do, um, well, he's going to do, uh, what's the movie? Beyond the Sea. Um, Bobby Darren. He's going to do Bobby Darren. He's going to come out and fancy himself, you know, a big song and dance man and, and like ham it up and be Dean Martin and, or try to be Dean Martin. And it's just. Maybe it'll work. Or maybe, it'll, I, I mean, it could be great. Know, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, what do you, what do you watch the Tonys for? Like when you go into the Tonys, Ooh, what do you. question. I, what I do mean, you expect the, it to be? What do I expect it to be? I expect it to be fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it's hard. That's a hard... I want it to be fun. I should say. I don't expect... What do I expect it to be? Three and a half hours. Well, what okay. I, but like, uh, yeah, what do I want aside. it to be? I, but yeah. I don't... I don't think of Kevin Spacey as... That's what I mean. Fun. I would love to work for him. I would love to work yeah. with you. But right. I don't think of him. I'm sure you're delightful. You right. would have a wonderful Charming right sense gentleman. of humor. There's a lot of good. In case but, he but like, I don't, I don't really he see does. him. He's mm-hmm. serious. He it's has the, a serious side of theater. Well, and it's also the question, though, of no, like, I don't know who his, his personality is, because I've never seen him host anything. So like, I you were not the Helen Hayes when he won the honorary award no. a couple years ago? Ooh. No. Was it good? He, um, he spoke to the... The people in the in the balcony. This was one of the last years that it was at the National Theater downtown in Washington D.C. And so he received his honorary award uh, very late in the evening. And he was like, "Could you bring up the lights on the balcony?" And so like you could hear the people sort of scrambling around backstage to figure out how to get the lights right. on in the balcony. And everybody in the balcony like lost their cookies because Kevin Spacey was speaking directly to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was basically like you know, f- follow your dream, follow your heart, start small, do the work. Built mm. up, you know, it was a good message. It was a good message, but it was very like dad's on stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the vibe I get from him. Yeah, yeah. And it's a question of also, 
but it, the perfect example of like hosts gone wrong to me is when Neil Patrick Harris did the Oscars mm. and right. tried it just didn't his work. shtick and yeah. it didn't translate to that audience because it's a different award show. Mm-hmm. The Tony Awards is a lot more about us. Mm-hmm. Right. All of us As a viewer, celebrating you want to feel us. part of the community. The Oscars is business. It. Yeah. The Oscars is serious business and the Tonys isn't. The Tonys mm-hmm. is, that is certainly part of it, but the Tonys is like, we're just here and we're all, we all just came from a show and we're going to one tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. we're going back to work. Mm-hmm. The, so it has a much more relaxed vibe and I'm mm-hmm. hoping that yes. that'll be what the translation is, but it's, I mean, who's, I, I think it's a guarantee he's going to sing. I also think it's a guarantee he's going to do five impressions in the course of the evening. Um, and we'll see who they are, but I just think it's a, it, which could be great. All this could be great, but none of it fills me with hope is my, no. like, that's how kind of how I feel, but I'm going to watch. I'll yeah, watch no matter who, they, I mean, yeah. you know, I watch, I watched Alan Cumming and Kristen Chenoweth with host. I'll watch him. And, you but know, they, God, I forgot about that. That was so yeah. terrible. That was bad writing. That wasn't them. That was. That's also, that was why I asked who was writing for him because yeah. that can, can make or break Absolutely. an evening. God, they tried so hard and it was so yeah, bad. That is a weird pairing. They came out in the E.T. costume. That oh, was so, so weird. So bizarre. But right, I like your Artist. idea of he sort of is the MC and then mm-hmm. lets everything yeah. else happen around him, right? He pops yeah. out a couple of, he, like, some he bits. picks it off. Yeah. And then other things happen, and then somebody. Mm-hmm. And then he, and Do you guys have anything coming up you wanted to promote before I throw out the door, Roddy? Any shows coming up? You doing a tour, album dropping? When you no, no, no. Everyone big legislation. Go to lgbtequalitypack.org yeah. and give us some money. That'd be great. Um, we used to support up on the LGBT candidates who are running for federal office. So please yeah. go do that. That's what I'll pitch. And if you want to follow the caucus, uh, we're at at lgbteq caucus on Twitter. Also at LGBT Equality Pack on Twitter and on Facebook, and as both Equality Pack and Congressional LGBT Equality Caucus, two separate pages for legal reasons. Um, so follow us all, all the places. We put out a lot of content. Yeah. Carrie, you got anything coming up? I mean, nothing as important as what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> what just ha- I do, I have some things coming up that I'm not quite permitted to talk about Ooh. yet. So Ooh. I would encourage Teeth you to check out my on. website, www.carrieginsburg.com for details. All right. Um, there's also, uh, we've, it, we've, we've, me and my staff, it's me and my personalities. Um, it's been updated <laughs> since um, the Helen Hayes Awards. So there's some nice pictures from the evening there Yay. too. So Congratulations that's really exciting. Thank you. Thank Super exciting you. to see that. So many fun friends and former it guests. It was a the show. great night yeah. for friends of the podcast. It was. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. If you like the original cast, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's the easiest way to make sure other people find the show. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. My thanks to Roddy Flynn and Carrie Ginsburg for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal.